Welcome to the Growing in Greatness podcast with your host, Wendelin Singletary. We bring relevant insights, actionable strategies, and connections to resources to inspire you to explore your potential and become the best version of yourself in business and personally. So take charge and commit to growth. Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. And remember, you deserve to see your own greatness. Well, happy Monday, everyone, and you deserve to see your greatness. And so I want you all to think about today as the first day of the week for us to go out and just shine. Um, happy to be back with you. Beautiful weather here. I'm also graced with my friends and family in the panhandle in Florida. We're going to pray for those guys and people around the world who's having all these issues with uh, storms and things of that nature. But we're going to talk about some something kind of interesting today. So today is the fourth Monday of the month. So, you know, on the fourth Monday, I have my girls with me, my posse. With me today, I have um, business entrepreneur and writer, Carolyn Cole. And I also have uh, entrepreneur and developer, uh, Dean Weathersby, with me today. And we're going to talk about, you know, how you end business relationships. And I know that concept sounds real foreign. It sounds real scary. But it's something we have to talk about because none of your clients with you are with you forever. And none of your clients, none of your vendors, and unfortunately, not many of your employees or staff is going to be with you forever. We have to understand how to get in and out of relationships, how to leave them positively, um, making sure you're still, you know, official legal ramifications. Hopefully, hopefully there are no um, bad conversations, anyone bad mouthing you about um, what's happened. And uh, so we want to talk about the day. We have a lot of perspective on that. So before we get started, once again, um, Carol, you want to introduce yourself and say hello to the group? Hi, this is Carolyn, and I'm traveling today, but I'm very, I'm looking forward to hearing, uh, especially Gwen and Deneen. I need to hear about how you all do this. I'm excited. <laughs> okay, Miss D, you got some remarks. Good afternoon. I just need to know what the statute of limitations is, and we can talk about it. <laughs> of course, we have some legal things out there. Let me just say this. Seriously, all jokes aside, we uh, do a lot of business, and um, I have done business with both of these ladies. Um, and, um, you know, there have been some ups and some downs, some good and some bad. And I've done a lot of business on my own. And I'm going to start by saying a couple of things about ending business relationships. Um, this is going to sound like a mother, but I think it's so, so true. Um, in a business relationship has a lot to do with how you start the relationship. Um, I think there's some clear things you need to set precedent to, um, some lines of demarcation, some things that you will and will not do up front. And I'm going to give you a couple of them, and we're going to just chime in and keep going on this. So when you begin a business relationship, we're not talking about any employee. Well, it's, we are, too. Um, we talk about a business relationship. There's a couple of things you need to do. And with us being small business, mostly small business and solopreneurs and things like that, we're anxious for a business relationship. We're anxious for that client because we're in business to have clients to make money to do the things we want to do. So you're anxious to get those. But one thing I want to give you, caution you to is don't begin working on a project without an agreement, without a written agreement. Once again, you know my saying, it's nothing until it is in writing. 
So don't start any kind of, okay, I will help you out. We'll get the agreement later. No, that most of the time ends in a bunch of frustration. So don't start a relationship, a business relationship, without having an agreement, a written agreement you both can agree to and have signed off on and that sort of thing. I think it's also important when you do this and you have this agreement, there are certain things you have to include in that agreement. Um, basically, you have to um, make sure you cover what are the obligations, what is expected, what are the expectations. One of the biggest issues we have in any world when it comes to agreements is folk meeting expectations. Well, I can't meet your expectations if you have not told them to me. It's not written out, oh, I thought. I think it's important that you have the expectations laid out. What is the scope of work? If you're going to be painting a house, how many house am I going to pay for this amount of money? What period of time am I going to pay in this? Who's going to buy it? Who's going to buy the paint? Those kinds of things need to be clarified in that document that you started. You have to also know who is going to own the work product. And that's a big deal for intellectual property, um, for advertising, marketing. When it's sitting down, who owns it? Do you own it? Do they own it? I work for company ABC. I put together this wonderful jingle, this great song for them. They paid me for that. Who owns it at the end? That needs to be clarified. Who owns the work product? And we also um, want to um, make sure that um, you are working in a way that has been agreed upon by both of you guys, and you have a out clause, okay? When I do contracts generally, I tell people clearly, you know, um, if either one of us wants to leave this, then we have to give each other a written notice within 30 days, 90 days, 60 days. So you both know the process to get out of it, opposed to a person calling you up and say, hey, I don't think I'm going to need use you anymore. Um, so it's over and done with. It needs to be a transition out. You need the time to recoup your dollars because you just lost a client. Um, they need the time to close the account out to make sure you're giving them everything they need because once it's over, it's over. So those are some things I think is very, very important. When you think about getting into a relationship, think about how you're going to get out of it. And I know that sounds more, but, but that's real and that's business. So ladies, chime in on that. No, I like what you said. You know, it is very important to any type of relationship you're in, project yourself forward and say, you know, this is the point of entry, but how do I envision this in ending and then making sure that the document, whether it's a prenuptial agreement or whether it's a business agreement, <laughs> it all needs to be in writing. <laughs> and, and you know what? And clear, right? Because sometimes what you think you understand and know, um, people take creative liberties with what they thought you you meant by this, that, and the other thing. And then, you know, and I have a, um, we use a lot of, um, uh, resources, and some of them are success-based, and you're very clear about what success looks like, right? Um, you know, uh, you're selling vacuum cleaners or whatever, you know, you get your brochures and this or that and the other thing, you don't come back to them two weeks later talking about what I need, right? Because you're selling vacuums. You get paid when you make a sale, and then here's the process for that. So, you know, it's different, um, you, you know, and that's the one thing that, that, that I think the failure in a lot of times is the quality of the documentation, um, and sometimes we compromise speed for, I mean, we, we, we compromise um, quality for speed, especially uh, mm-hmm. if you know the person. And and I have a, a different philosophy about um, contracts because the older I get, some people I don't even want to contract with. I don't even want to deal with you like that. 
if I we there have excuse my French, we have a no asshole clause in our company that <laughs> we can decide not to work with you just because you're a butthole. Right? I don't I got enough aggravation in my life. If something in my spirit tells me you're going to be hard to work with. I have learned to trust myself because nine times out of ten, as a matter of fact, ten out of ten with the, my batting average now, ten out of ten, I should have went with my first mind and this was a hard no, right? Because something happened and I did not listen to myself. And I, and you know your culture. You know, mm-hmm. you know your culture, your organization. And when you talk about ending business relationships, it depends on how, what kind of relationship it is, Right. So mm-hmm. certain business relationships you can end by just turning off the lights and locking the door. You know, it's over, goodbye. <laughs> Other business relationships you have to end, you know, you got to play a little chess with that because they got your client's information, right? They may be in a similar business where they've learned some intellectual from you and now they want to go use it across the street like they created it themselves, right? Or they may Wait, cause your client yeah. some gain. But, you know, that's, that, that also goes back to what I said initially. When I say this couple of things, make sure you have an out, make sure you know who owns uh, who owns it, let's give you the time period. That's another great piece. When you do that, have your non-compete, non-circumvent in the contract. That's going to help but you even a, lot, a, lot, contract, a lot. Here's the other and thing. You, that's why you go with your gut. Because even if it's in the contract, you got to mm-hmm. sue somebody to enforce that. Right? It still costs mm-hmm. you money to go after money. So, what I like that I treat bad relationships, especially if they're a bad relationship, like flushing the toilet. You don't sit there and look at it and wonder what's going to happen with it, and then you just flush it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and I agree. I agree. And that's, the difficulty with that is so many people, when they start out or they're young or they're anxious, um, they don't do that. They say, okay, I will, I, will, no. I will work with them, whatever. And I think that's important that you have a line of demarcation. You have a certain standard that you won't let happen. I remember, an example, um, I had a new client, and uh, we were on a call. It was myself and maybe three of my other team members we were doing a get acquainted call with this particular um, company, this entity. And the person was speaking to us, and we were sharing, and we were excited about the call. And the person um, continued to be more and more aggressively negative towards us, somewhat abusive to us. And as the owner of the company, I I just said, listen, guys, I want all you guys to hang from the phone. I want to talk to you one-on-one. And I, got, I was not going to let my people be abused to hear that, nor was I going to let them think that that was okay with me. So I just ended the call in a way mm-hmm. I said, you know, guys, you know, you guys at my company, you guys hang up the phone for a little bit. I want to talk to Miss ABC myself. And then she and I began to have a conversation, you know, um, to say this is not acceptable. You're not going to treat my people this way. What is your problem? What causes? And, you know, I, I was a little more diplomatic initially. Uh, it ended up <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was never great. It was a great relationship, but at least this person knew the lines of demarcation because we had to work together. The person didn't hold the dollars over me, but they were a partner in the issue, in the, in the contract situation. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they had to be dealt with. And that's one thing. I'm not going to let my people be abused. That could be one of your lines of demarcation. You know, my lines of, of drawing line is saying, when you get to a point where you're going to abuse me or my people, we're out. You know, kind of know what those things are. Go ahead, Carol. I think you were saying something. Oh, no, no, no doubt about it. I think that the pieces that you raised about the non-competes, non-circumvents, all of those things that speak to the fact that it is worthwhile to have a good attorney in your arsenal from the very beginning. 
and 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 not not one of those people that's just just you know you're you're starting out and you're trying to build your business or solo entrepreneurs are all we're always watching our dollars and so it's it's not like we're requisitioning things and they just magically appear we know what we're paying for so you want to get a good attorney that's not you know at at the table just to be grinding on you but you want to have someone that understands all of that technology or terminology understands what needs to be in that contract because as Janine said it costs money to go after money the mm-hmm. more you do up front the better off you're going to be in the long run and all of us when we when we were starting out this is what sent us through the school of hard knocks you know we wanted business and so mm-hmm. we were probably a lot more willing to accept some things that today you couldn't pawn off on us. I don't care what you do. We can we can now listen to people, hear what they're saying. Like uh, Janine was saying, also in your spirit, even you know, I don't care how much money you're waving in front of me. It's not worth it. I don't mm-hmm. want your business, and that's the mm-hmm. hardest thing for for a small business to have to say. Mm-hmm. I don't want your business. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes at that point, when you look at the business, and this goes to another point, don't let people pimp your gifts, okay? Mm-hmm. So you need to understand what you're worth. Don't take on a, You can have a nice contract or all the dots declassified. They could treat you well or whatever. could be a good relationship, but they're not paying you what is worth. You need to know, you know, this is not going to make it right for me. I'm going to tell you I need this. They come back with, what can I do for this? Okay, let me just tell you something to you. If you want me to do it for this, you're going to get these two services, not the three or four services. Don't try to um, fit your your product, your good services, into a budget that doesn't compensate you because you're wasting money once again. And I like that person. Some, some, yeah, some one-on-one stuff that um, actually I took this out of Glenn's playbook. You got to know who your who your ideal client is. You got to know the persona of what that looks like. So when we started um, here in, in where I'm at now, we were thinking about okay, why do we keep getting all these broke jackknife this that and the other thing? So we said, okay, what are we putting out there? So we had a, a something on our website that we help visionary people. We changed that, okay, because everybody got a dream. I want you to be actively in your dream, right? Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we look for people who have made an investment and believe in investing further in themselves. Just making that wordsmith change changed the dynamics of how we were looking at our customer base or how, how people saw us. You know, because we're not a social service agency. We are a for-profit agency, unapologetically for-profit, right? And although we're compassionate capitalists. The other thing that we did is we stopped apologizing. In our, in our intake process, we have a, a process that we use. We don't say no. We say not us, not this way, or not now. Mm. Not us because you got a fit or you got a butt, you're a butthole. You didn't get that. You can pass that test, Right. Not now because you need to go raise some money so you can come back here and pay us again. Or not this way, right? Um, and there's some times where the opportunity is so compelling for your organization or somebody comes to you in crisis with a very opportunistic whatever, whatever, we may give you, you know, 30, 60, 90 days or whatever because it's so compelling. Are we trying to get something else done or there's something beneficial for us? So we never lose our with them. 
what's in it for me, always. And it's it's and sometimes, especially you know, if you're coming from a faith perspective or you have any ounce of faith in you, you know, you try to give, you try to you know, the whole concept of tithing is there. And we actually do tithe ten percent of our time, ten percent of our space, ten percent of what we actually do that and we keep track of that. Once we hit that ten percent, it's like God only asked for ten percent. Why am I why are you asking me for more? It's real easy because now I have a, a funnel for you to go into when you know, it's not your fault that you don't have any money yet, but you want to get started. And then that way you don't get my time. You may get a resource, but you don't get my time, right, because my time is my most valuable commodity, not necessarily the paper-written, you know, resources, standard operating procedure for anybody and everybody that you could, you know, get with a couple of Googles, right? So, um, and then the other thing about relationships, most of my relationships that ended back badly were very transaction oriented. You know, it was not relationship building. And so one of my mentors told me two things that I absolutely loved. And the first one was, you know, you establish a relationship before asking for anything. I want to know you. I want to know the color of your body. I want to know, you know, your work ethic. I want to know a whole bunch of stuff before we decide to provide our value to what you've got going on because I may not be able to provide any value, right? And so that way, we, and we, we use that tactic, and even though initially it seemed like it was a lost leader, we got more referrals from that than just discounting everybody and saying no just because they didn't have any money or whatever. We have a policy where, you know, they, they, they get a 20-, 30-minute meeting, and we have one afternoon a week that we give to those that – we don't think would be an ideal client because they don't meet our fiscal, the fiscal part of our requirements, but they're good people, right? So we still give them some time, and we want them to leave better than what we found them, but we also have to measure our time, and we teach them the value of time. And what we look when we did our look back on our last two quarters, we were so wrong about some of the people and the way they presented to us and what we thought they would be able to do and what it was going to take to get them together. It was amazing to me when we actually stood fast on our value and had a process to help people understand what our value is and why we are um, a group that you would want to align yourself with. They said, I don't have it now, but as soon as I get it, I'll be back. Okay. And those were the easy those, – those actually made my heart glad when they popped back up and they had their deposit. They had – you know, and we're not, we're not a – coin-operated company. You know, you need to slide something for us. <laughs> you know, so, so the, the, the numbers work for everybody. But you know what? We meant so much more to them because they had to work to get to us. So now I don't have to worry. I didn't have to worry about, okay, you got all your documents together. You got everything that I need. Are you going to show up for your update meeting? Are you going to pick colors? Are you going to do this, that, or the other thing? They were fully engaged because they knew what they were getting into. So, you know, the okay, other so thing that I, go ahead. Go ahead. I said, the other go thing on. I learned, just slow down. I made all of my mistakes moving too fast. Mm. You know, in terms of ending business relationships, <clears throat> I haven't had a, the business relationships have not been the ones that I got my big lessons on in terms of ending the relationships. Those were fairly simple. Either they were contractual that were cut and dried as they needed to be and or 
you know, you know, people, we said, sat down, looked one another in the eye and said, this is not working. And it's not working for me. It's not working for you. And that, let's talk about how to end that. And those, that's a great way if you've got people on the other side of the table who, who can do the talk and listen and let's, let's agree and compromise. But that doesn't always work. Um, my, my ending relationships have been more personal, the, the, the mean stuff, you know, that, that's where that is. But I've also enjoyed, as, a, as an entrepreneur, I've enjoyed bartering. So that sometimes in those early years and still even now, it's not always the hard cash that's exchanged. It is that we are, we've come to know each other over the years and, you know, you weren't right for this space at this particular time, but the value that you bring to the table on other services, things that I have that you need, and those have been great relationships that have continued and I haven't had to say to a long-term uh, friend, colleague, yeah, that l- let's bring this to a close. Like I said, those have all been personal. You know, we made well, an excellent know. point there, Carolyn, because now the relationship, if you really have a relationship, it'll survive a mm-hmm. transactional hiccup. If you don't have a relationship, yeah. shoot, it's all it's WWF time, you know. But at the same time, I agree with it's that. very difficult, very, very difficult yeah, I, sometimes. Let me ask this question. Let me jump ask this question. Okay, we, we, um, what happens when you have a relationship with a client, a vendor, could be a vendor as well, and they fall on hard times, but they have been a good client. You guys have a good relationship. You um, respect them. They respect you, all the positive things there, but they fall on a hard time, and they cannot continue to pay you. I got to put that question out there because that's happening more and more because of the economy. So what do you do in all those the time? Situations? I've got a client. I've got a client right now that you know we put cash into his business a year ago. He says I'm going to do this. He you know military <laughs> undergrounding is what he does, and you know there's a lot that happened and in a very cold climate where you can't get the you can't do certain types of work, and then he has to rely on the the speed of, of pay for um, based on. Uh, at a military installation. And so there comes a moment sometimes really where you must say, what do I need to do here? And do I want to sacrifice this on the short term or does this have long-term value for me? And we decided to stick it out with him. And now he's paying. So I agree wholeheartedly. And, when, and again, that's relationship. I know you well enough to know what to do with you based on how you've treated things in the past, how we've got through things in the past, how you handle your money now. We've had, and that was a learning lesson too. Yeah. I mean, that's the part that I didn't say. We had just met him. (laughs) And I was, and I was, we were scared to death. You know, what is this going to do? But we also made sure that our investment in the company wasn't so great that Mm -hmm. We were going to risk it all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we don't do all or nothing. If you ain't, and even with blood relatives, it was like, do you know Jesus? You know, we don't do all or nothing no more. You know what I'm saying? And so, so, so um, no, but at the same time, when you have somebody that can't pay, I look at lifestyle choices. I look at is this a situation or is this constant wrong choices? 
We had a young lady that yes. wanted, you know, this whole, you know, national campaign and this and that and the other thing, and she fell on higher times and blah, 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 and came here crying and stuff. And she had on fresh eyelashes. She had a new lace front on. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and $300, yes. that thing, and some Jimmy Choo's and blah, 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 blah. Those are lifestyle <laughs> choices that you messing up. Now, they could have been old. The lace front was new. You know what I'm saying? And she was talking about how, you know, she can only go in once a month now instead of every other week like she used to. And I'm like, why do you want me to uh-huh. suffer and you ain't willing to? What you willing to do without to help me get where I'm going? Let's look at why you're in this situation. Right? Exactly. So, is this a pattern? Not, is this a, yeah. Yeah. If they're not willing to go through that process, so let's look at what you can do differently, mm-hmm. you know, and, and depending on what type of business it is and, you know, if they have kids. Now, I have a heart and a compassion. Let me just tell you this. This is where the capital, compassionate capitalism comes in. You know, in, in one of our divisions, we have a real estate division, and, um, you know, we do rapid renovations and remodel houses and this and that and everything. This one guy was late with getting paid because it was the – um, first of the month, and the guy wasn't going to be able to rent it out till the 15th, so now he wanted to, you know, um, wait for him to do this, that, and the other thing, so he needed an advance on his new next job so he could pay child care so he could keep working for us and him. Well, okay, that wasn't a lifestyle choice that he made, and he's got three babies and a wife that walked out on him. Do you know what I'm saying? So even if he right. did walk out, you, you know, I mean, that one was one that was a, that was one of those situations, and he had been good to us. You know, he was the guy that you could call when a pipe busted in the middle of the night, you know, and that sort of thing. So he was good to us. He's going to be good to you. Now, this can't be something. Now, the other part of it, I have a new admin that we have brought in, and she is the daughter of a good client, right? This child, every other Monday morning, she got an issue like clockwork. Every other Monday morning. So when we had her first review, right, I docked her salary, put it in writing, right, and I'm like, okay, these are the corrective actions you're going to have to do because this ain't working for me, right? And the improvement came along. It's still not what I need, but now I got to look at the daddy. You know how strong is my relationship with the client? Can it survive if I got to get rid of his daughter? You know, so that's where... That's where, you know, you handle that one totally different than somebody that then stole a client, lied to you, you know, messed up, this, that. You handle that totally different than that's a business relationship that is not worth it on a business level or a personal level. And so there are times where, depending on how egregious whatever it was that happened, you know, if it was moral turpitude or something like that, oh, I'm done, period. Point blank, that's done. We flush in the toilet. That's it. That's all. Right, because I don't ever expect you to come back. I don't even want you to come back, and I don't want to. I don't want to have any more to dealings to deal with you. If it is something where it was an episodic situation, we all did our best, and it just didn't work. Well, then, because I value the relationship, you wind that one down differently. Okay, let me go try this again some other time, but this time ain't the one. You know, and then you still, you know, they still on the the newsletter list and this and that and the other thing. You know, so I think a lot of it has to do with the situations and circumstances that caused the breakup. Well, I think you guys, you just said something that we do need to also in this incredibly wretched, morally bankrupt world we're in now, in terms of dealing with unethical 
lawlessness in the company. Um, you know, without you knowing it, you could be very easily slid into something unethical with the company and have your name or something. So tell me if there are situations, how you deal with that, how you handle that. Are there the precautions? Because there's so many different ways people can have you. And I mean, here's a case in point. During um, COVID, um, one person I know worked for this company, and the company actually um, put in a grant, put in um, the paperwork, if you will, to get a PPP loan, which was great. And um, and so what the person did, put in the loan to get um, the grant, then went on and laid the employees off and had them pulling unemployment. So he double dipped. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the question was, well, then what do you what do you do about that? Okay, I was an employee, but the person said, I'm not an employee, but I know the person's doing it. Um, how far do I take this? Do I just say, you know what, if you've done this, this way you could do something to me? Or if how, how do I know how you got me tied up in your business? My company could downfall, but you have to come back and get investigated. So how do you deal with the legal alley? Because there's so many things now people are doing illegal and kind of half illegal and so in the back door, kind of not illegal, but illegal. You know, how do you deal with those kind of situations with clients? I don't. I think you incorporate, you incorporate into your legal documents at the beginning the clauses that you need to clear things for you. And then you pay attention to what's going on in your business. From the very start, I say to people, I don't do illegal, unethical, or amoral. I won't ask you to do it, and you cannot ask me to do it. All right. Now, I do want to say on on the subject of ending relationships, um, when I was in corporate America, one of the things, the first time I ever fired someone, I mean, it was devastating to me. And my boss said to me, if it ever feels good, there's something wrong with you. This Mm -hmm. is the way it's supposed to feel. And even in the worst of situations, you hate taking away. But then again, I had a, a client business partner who said to me once after she'd hired all of her, her daughters, her sons in her international uh, business, and they were just ruining things. And she said to me one day, whatever you do, don't hire anybody you can't fire. She said, because these folks, I fired them, but I still got to see them for Thanksgiving, weddings, you know, Christmas. <laughs> so that's that, that important. Mm-hmm. No, and that is that is also, you know, smaller businesses, closely held businesses, you know, that may be all you have to work with. And I think a lot of that yeah. is also cultural. You know, you mm-hmm. have some cultures that they families can work together just wonderfully and there's no problem mm-hmm. with authority, there's no problem with hierarchy, there's no problem with, okay, I'm going to wash these dishes today and I'm going to file tomorrow and I'm going to help you with a PowerPoint presentation or set up the computers next. They they seem to naturally or fall into that a little bit better. In certain other cultures, it's, it's you know, they act like they're doing you a favor if they show up, Right. And so I think part of what we have to do is set a good example and have a good expectations and that sort of thing, and that's also the relationship. But if they were like that with you, especially someone, and it, this is beyond any age, if they've been lazy all their life and you've known them to be lazy and they've proven to you that they're lazy and the backseat of their car look like a garbage dump, they're not going to treat you no differently. That's who they are. You know, so when, you know, my, my, my granny said when somebody show you the crack of their behind, believe the rest of it is there. You know, so <laughs> well, we that, have well, to that slow down. Well, that right. was a mouthful. 
She didn't say it exactly, and I can say it how she said it. But those oh, are the I, things I that stick with you if you keep living. Keep oh, living. Absolutely. Absolutely. Those are full of EEOC complaints and this and that and the other thing, and I believe a third of them are frivolous, a third of them are egregious, and a third of them we had a bunch of misunderstandings. I had a person that we had to uh, let go when I was in corporate America. I had a, a, a national uh, temporary health agency. And um, I had a person that was had gender identification issues and wanted to be a welder, and this person uh, was born a male and had on some pink pumps and a pleated skirt and hairy legs, you know. And I told myself, I said, let me handle it. We're going to get sued. I'll be the one to do it because, you know, I know y'all going to get me sued. Let me at least do my best. Well, sure enough to the sure enough, two weeks later we get the suit, you know, for discrimination and this and that and the other thing. And we ended up just, just going to pay it because that's what this person does, right? So in the litigious society that we live in now, which is one of the reasons why I favor, you know, we have our core, our core staff and things of that nature, but I favor 1099s, right, um, because it's easier to wind it down. I don't have as many issues with winding it down and out, right? Go set you up at LLC. You're going to get your own business. I got mine. You know, and now I don't have to go through some of the things with the separation that I need to, even though, even with our 1099s, we do that very similarly now, you know, to uh, some employment type of situations because of the litigious nature that we live in. But Mm -hmm. back to, like, with this whole PPP thing and things of that nature, you know, at first it was like, okay, well, I get that they fudged a little bit. Maybe they only had... You know, uh, they put down 12 employees and they only had 10. You know, you start justifying the thievery. It just comes down. That's what it is. And if they were still like that, they were still from you, point blank, dot, period. You know, there's no such thing as free money, and they extended the statute of limitations, you know, for a good reason, right? So remember that now, piece of it. Yeah. Well, you have to remember that so, piece of it, that piece of it. I got one more thing I'm going to ask you. Our time is getting short. This is getting real good, but our time is getting short. I'll ask you one more thing. Um, this is our last question. How do you deal or when do you deal or what's your solution when you have a client that you can't satisfy? Now, hopefully you would have conversations. You look them in the eye. You ask them, do they know Jesus or whatever your, your, your things are? You know um, they look good when they came in and you guys thought you had a good strategic um, direction to go in. You thought you could communicate. You know, your, your paperwork is good, whatever. But what happens when you can't seem to, to um Satisfy them. Every time they do something, they want something else different. Or they want you to spend more time doing something that needs to be. You know this is a 12-hour project generally for almost any client, but you do it for them. You think it's great. They go and do it. Then all of a sudden, you got to go back and do it two more times. What do you do with clients like that who just can't seem to be satisfied? You, got you one do time. the same thing that you do <laughs> when a, with a relationship, any relationship that's not satisfying, you mm-hmm. simply say goodbye. Okay. You simply say goodbye. This is not working. You've got a different agenda. You've got a different goal. This is what I can contribute. This is all I can do. We're going to either have to say goodbye or you're going to have to walk, step across here and meet me where I am. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that we do, you know, you get me one time. You get, you get me one time that way. And then once you, once you do that once and, and you alter the scope too much or whatever, whatever, and that happens a lot in the, mm-hmm. uh, when you're doing grants and things of that nature, you know, it turns into something else. We document that, that this is outside, as you know, this is outside the scope of work, right? And then when, when, and all I do is I search my emails for the as you know. And whenever mm-hmm. I got to start for an email with <laughs> as you know, 
If you mm-hmm. ever get an email with, as you know, that's the beginning of the end. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so but then that I point, that point, I, just say, I, I think, I think, I think it's very important that you do. I said, I said earlier, outline what your tasks are, what you can do. But to that yeah. point, still yet, and if as your Janine task said is earlier, to, if your task is to provide, say, two brochures, I'm talking about advertising perspective. That's what I do mostly. Your is, is, is to do two brochures, one the first six months and one second six months. But you can't get this client to agree or like anything you've done. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, I'm do, I'm with the scope, but I'm spending so much that's time because client. I can't satisfy you. Yeah, that's not your, that's ideal not your client. client. That's not okay. your client. You gotta you gotta let that go. And then the thing about it is that you're, we're all going to go through this. We're going to have clients and problems, and that's the part about being an entrepreneur. And that's so good about what we're talking about on on uh, on the show every week is that these are real issues that we must deal with. Deneen said something earlier that I think is important. Just don't move too fast. And don't mm-hmm. be desperate. That's it. Mm-hmm. 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 That's I will agree. I will agree. Well, listen, guys, we are a little bit over our time, but I want each one of you to give me one little closing remark as it pertains to how do you end business relationships, and then we're going to close out. So everybody give me a little quick, um, your click little, the tagline on this or whatever. I believe Come you on, know when it's wonder. over. Go ahead, D. You go go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. When you know it's over, then start your process to letting it be over. Don't delay. Just, just start to let you know it's over. When you know it's over. Because sometimes okay. we know it's over and we just have it. We're not trusting ourselves and we're not. And we didn't charge enough. So if you charge enough, you got that butthole tax in there if they have that sort of situation. So make sure you're getting your value and be quick about ending a relationship that's not working. Very good. Carolyn? And, and put it put it in writing. Put it in writing. Send that email that's very clear with the timestamp, or if you're old school and you need to send it certified um, snail mail, then do it and say goodbye. Very good. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not a matter of fact. <laughs> you just change your phone number. But, you know, the one beautiful thing about having admin staff and stuff, usually you can call me directly, but when I all your calls always go to voicemail, you're forced to call the office, and then you know, you know, and my and I, my people are trained. When they get to call, an, well, you're going to have to schedule an appointment, and then they got a 15-minute increment, and they know, you know. So as you know, you are out of compliance, and the 15-minute appointments work really good because they know something's going on. Guys, it's thank called you guys a business. So it's a business, dear John. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the Growing in Greatness podcast 
with your host, Gwendolyn Singletary. We bring relevant insights, actionable strategies, and connections to resources to inspire you to explore your potential and become the best version of yourself in business and personally. So take charge and commit to growth. Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network.